Under the Radar, bringing movies and people together, one frame at a time. Hey guys, I'm Rain Younger, and this is another episode of Under the Radar, bringing movies and people together, one frame at a time. And as always, I have a lovely panel of guest critics tonight. So we have Ra- Rachel Kolb and Eric Godfrey. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hi. Hello. And and, and Dobby, uh, the the resident house elf. Yes. Oh, there he is. <laughs> yes, who recently appeared at the uh, the Tompkins Square Park Halloween uh, parade. Lovely. And he was a, a DJ? Yes, he was Dobby, the house DJ. <laughs> I love it. I'm sure he was rocking his outfit and he made some... Uh, some new girlfriends there, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yes. And back again, uh, Ivy Lofberg. Welcome back, Ivy. Great to be here. Thank you so much. You're becoming a, a, a series regular, and I, I'm not opposed to that. So Could, Couldn't be happier. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so welcome back, everybody. And tonight, we're going to do um, two retro reviews, two films that came out in 1993 and 1998. Uh, the first film is The Fugitive starring Harrison Ford, and it is loosely based on the TV show from the 60s, and Harrison Ford is a wrongly convicted man. Uh, he's on the run as a fugitive, obviously, and we have uh, Tommy Lee Jones as a U.S. Marshal hot on his trail in the first film, and in the second film, he goes after Wesley Snipes, and both films are, are the first one's great. First one is was one of 1993's highest grossing films uh it was nominated for a bunch of oscars winning one for uh for tommy lee jones in the supporting actor category and it's just a really exciting thrill ride from start to finish uh, i rewatched it after the first time i think since i've seen it in its entirety as a child and i would catch it on cable here and there but it was really nice to revisit it as an adult because it really holds up in 1998, uh, five years later, they made a sequel, which was not so great, but it still kind of delivered. Uh, it was pretty action-packed, and it had um, some good supporting performances, uh, most notably from uh, Robert Downey Jr. What did you guys think of, let's start with The Fugitive. This was actually my first time watching either of these movies. Um, I had never seen The Fugitive, and I had never seen U.S. Marshals. Um, of course, there are moments from The Fugitive that I'm familiar with just from being immersed in pop culture of course the jump at the dam um the i didn't kill my wife i don't care mm-hmm. but it was really it was it was a very enjoyable watch and it definitely holds up the special effects in it all really hold up the stunts hold up the pacing is all very good mm-hmm. um the writing and the stakes are very well laid out very very clean cut um but also allows for some real human drama from uh, from Harrison Ford with yeah. the uh, dealing with the trauma of having lost his wife in this very violent fashion, but then the not being able to process it that that you just feel like you're caught up in it with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can't think of a better actor to have played Dr. Richard Kimball. I mean, he was just you're you're with him throughout the entire film. You're right by his side, and it's just so intense and so well-made. I think the director needs to be praised. It's Andrew Davis, mm-hmm. who he did um, a couple of Steven Seagal movies, most notably Under Siege, which was basically Die Hard on a Ship. But um, mm-hmm. I think he was perfect here uh, at the helm. 
and uh, yes. just a really. And I think uh, one of the screenwriters is also was also the screenwriter of Die Hard as well, which oh. another situation of kind of an ordinary guy caught up in an like extraordinary situation. Yeah, it looks like that gentleman is uh, Jeb Stewart, another writer on the film. David Tui, yes. he was responsible for the Chronicles of Riddick films. So yeah, he actually has pretty good uh, action credentials as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, we're definitely in good hands here with the film. I just also want to mention uh, James Newton Howard's score, which was very, very good. Uh, I love uh, Howard's action writing. It's always been very exciting. Uh, he would go on later on to uh, score Signs, which is one of his best scores as well, uh, and Waterworld, and just a, a plethora of great action movies. Ivy, what did you think of The Fugitive? Uh, it's been, you know, was this your first time seeing it, or did you revisit it this time? Definitely a revisit, and I agree, it, it really holds up, and mm -hmm. what I loved so much about it is... It, I, I agree. Harrison Ford was such the perfect person for this role. And what I really loved is I feel like Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford are the same character in a lot of ways. And I think that that's what makes the movie so enjoyable to watch. Like they both are like deeply principled and they're deeply passionate about their work and they're very like single-minded in it mm. and they'll do whatever it takes you know to get the job done but they're also both I feel like really open to seeing a bigger picture like you know like Harrison Ford would stop to save a child and, you know in the midst of that of him like fleeing for his life and Tommy Lee Jones would start to question as a U.S. Marshal, like, gosh, maybe like, huh, how interesting this guy, he was, they were both so intelligent. He was like, hey, this guy is not, you know, running to Mexico. He's actually trying to find the one-armed man that mm -hmm. he says killed his wife. And so I think watching these two very intelligent people who are really, um, in a, in a way too, like, I think in some ways, like very pure of heart in terms like Tommy Lee Jones, I, when he says, I don't care, I feel like he's like, like, I am very passionate about putting away people who can ha cause harm. Yeah. And like, um, and Harrison Ford is obviously not that guy, but he's uh, very passionate to prove that he, he could do so many other things, but I feel like he just wants to also not only save his own life, but say like, I love my wife. You know, I, I want what happened to my wife to come to justice. And I think Harrison Ford does such a brilliant job just to bring all of that to the screen is incredibly difficult. And he just is uh, such a master at that. So I, I really loved it. And you, you know what? I, I totally agree with you that Ford and Jones have basically the same personality. They are very similar. And at the end of the movie, when they finally catch up to Kimball and they go in the car, it, it, it feels like they're about to go just hang out, like two guys <laughs> grabbing yeah. a beer, you know? <laughs> it's like that huge adventure that, you know, which transpired over a week. And now, okay, let's let's just hang out and, and be two regular Joes. And um, that's what's what's great. I think that's that might be the best element of the fugitive is Ford yes, and yes. chemistry. 
they are perfect on screen together and uh, you just want to see more of them i i didn't really research to see if uh they ever did a mo another movie together but if they haven't i i think they they're due you know because they really they they lit up the screen together so it's awesome well I, I think um like i think you're right where i think that's absolutely the best part of the fugitive is the fact that for the majority of the movie you don't actually have a bad guy the antagonist is tommy lee jones mm -hmm. and it's it's a it's a textbook example of how to write uh two good guys working against each other because obviously you're rooting for kimball you don't want him to get caught but tommy and you but you understand tommy lee jones is he's like look i have one job bring you in that's it i don't care about anything else right. and seeing the evolution of sam gerard from all i care about is bringing you in to putting together the, that basically that as he's chasing Kimball, he also has seen the breadcrumbs of the one-armed man and just kind of seen him very reluctantly being like, well, he's he's putting this mystery together for me and I have to start. And I and I like how that dynamic bonds them towards it to the end when the actual antagonist is revealed. And now it's the two of them finding themselves working together without realizing it now to take down the real bad guy of the whole film. And that dynamic about the fact that they're both smart and just always one step ahead and one step behind just perfectly is why the movie works so well. Right. And I just want to mention that this uh, this movie is 30 years old now, so we can definitely get into spoiler territory. There's there's no <laughs> that. <laughs> and, well, he um, didn't kill his wife. Right. And he doesn't care. <laughs> and I, I should have started the show by saying that this is under the radar uh i didn't kill my wife edition yeah <laughs> but, but um, I, I think one of the things i appreciate about the the movie now because it's been a while because i had seen it when it first came out my parents were really big fans and it would always be on tv it was always talked about and of course the 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 damn scene all the stuff was such pop culture fodder for mm -hmm. years after that mm -hmm. and um and what I forgot was how little time the movie gives to the mystery aspect. Like the movie doesn't really care. It like it gives you the bare bones of what happened. You get you get Harrison Ford's rendition, but it's like no, you, we're not here to have you solve a mystery. Like, ooh, who did he talk to at the party? Who did he do? It's like you're here for the chase. You're mm -hmm. you're not here for the. And so that's what I appreciate. So when the mystery actually does come together. It's it's like yeah we didn't want you to solve that we're we want you to just be invested in the chase and that's all that matters right it is the chase and it's those the the buildup of Kimball you know the 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 scene from the the, the bus crash uh, up to when he goes to the hospital uh, where he shaves and he cuts off the beard and then even the scene the simple scene of just like him uh manipulating the the credentials to enter the hospital mm -hmm. putting a little picture in there uh moving into that that polish uh mother and son house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the basement, you know those yeah. those little steps that you know you're 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 like i said you're you're on the ride every step of the way with kimball and that was that's what was great uh no, I, I, oh, sorry okay no no i just want to um just what was a little uh, annoying uh, were the flashbacks of the murder, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the like the slow motion and the the weird camera angles 
Uh, that was a little over the top, but I, I, I guess I, I see what they tried to do there. But yeah, um, I, I think the most effective parts of the flashbacks were the actual the phone call, like when they play the phone call, the nine one one call during the trial, which they show very little of, which is fine because mm. that's you know not the point of the movie. I think that was actually handled really well, and it's really haunting. Um, just hearing her like trying to get out these few words to 911 and seeing how from the perspective of jurors that they would hear that and think oh he definitely did it that they're like that from their perspective they're thinking oh she's just trying to tell them on on the on the call that you know yeah <laughs> that my my husband is killing me and he's in the house right yeah that was a little disturbing uh, kind of re reminded me of the opening scene with Jer uh, of Scream with, with Drew Barrymore is like, yeah, we don't have to get into that, but that's what it kind of reminded me that hopelessness. But um, sorry, Ivy, uh, you were gonna say something. Oh, I was just gonna add. I also, I think a reason why The Fugitive endures too is it feels like it's essentially a hopeful movie. Like I feel like we all hope in like the justice system that there is somebody like Tommy Lee Jones as a U.S. Marshal who is paying attention and because there were so many of the law enforcement that were like, like this is a scumbag that he's did it you know yeah. he, in the court of law he was guilty and that's it and I think that the fugitive works because it's so hopeful that you know yeah. if you're innocent in that way that somebody's paying attention and someone's smart enough to figure it out if you're mm -hmm. like doing everything Harrison Ford was doing to pursue his, in his innocence. He also had this hope that somebody would uh, listen to him and that he would be able to solve the mystery and that he would be able to bring the real killer to justice and that somebody would get it. And, and I feel like ultimately it's very triumphant in that way. I think if it would have ended any other way, it, it would have, it would just would have kind of gotten lost and, all of the other movies about, you know, just like a guilty person who's on the run um, and might be charismatic, but, you know, totally did all the crimes. <laughs> and yeah. so that that's what I, I like about The Fugitive a lot, too. Yeah, it was it was interesting watching it through the eyes of like 2023 and knowing some of the behind the scenes things of how um, how films work, especially when they have to do with the police or the military that oftentimes they have to portray them in a certain light um, in order to get the cooperation and in order to get them to be able to use vehicles, to use like symbols and things like that in the movies. And I feel like the line about the Chicago PD that it's like, oh, they think that you killed one of their own, like they're going to shoot you on sight mm -hmm. is is something that's actually kind of controversial like it would be controversial today i think if, if mm -hmm. a movie like the fugitive was made it would probably be something that would be fodder for the 24-hour news networks and on like kind of on the other direction of things that there's a sequence involving a no knock uh the marshals coming in and uh and this a black woman being in bed and being unarmed and everything and that definitely reads very differently in the year 2023 um and the fact that that's happening that it's the good guys coming in that are that are bursting in and doing this that you're like oh hmm this like it seems like 
The Fugitive is actually a movie that acknowledges that the that the justice system hmm. is like actually kind of built to get it wrong and that sometimes it moves too quickly to just decide that someone's guilty. So you're saying that this movie is uh it delivers a very strong uh message for law uh, of law enforcement versus society. Yeah, um, interestingly okay. enough, yeah. yeah. Um and in a way that I it's it's interesting because it definitely would not be made in the same way today for a number of reasons but right, um right. but it's yeah it, it's it's actually kind of surprising thinking about it how how much it it shows that he singled like he basically had to full-on convince them to actually look at the facts of it because if he had not ended up escaping and ended up having to do all these things he probably would have died by lethal injection that's like what he was being yeah. sent off like that that was his sentence so interesting take good commentary on that for sure um i also wanted to just briefly touch on the supporting cast here uh yeah. i absolutely love the the interplay between gerard's team they are just so funny. You've got uh, Joe Pantoliano is like the main mm -hmm. uh, deputy in his crew. Asthma. And there's also um, Daniel Roebuck, who's also very funny, and uh, a couple of the others in there. Uh, and also, I just want to mention that uh, Jane Lynch had a very small role in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I did not expect <laughs> to see her. <laughs> yeah, I... I... I don't know if anyone else noticed the pin that she had on in on her uh, her doctor's jacket in yes. her scenes. She has a pin on that that very clearly says hate is not a family value, which is a very strong statement for for that particular era. I mean, it's okay. even a strong statement now, but it, it's very interesting to see someone that's always been very out um, in Hollywood to be you know kind of displaying that in a very public yeah. way in a movie like this yeah yeah that was very unexpected and i'm, I'm glad she wore that pin that's awesome yeah. um yeah she was this was i think one of her first roles too so nice mm -hmm. to see her in here um and also i was just talking about the about uh, gerard's team who most of them would reprise their roles in u.s marshals yep. uh which is the sequel came out five years after the fugitive uh not nearly as good like i said uh but still kind of entertaining like i i enjoyed it to some extent uh, i think wesley snipes character was completely wasted uh you know yeah that yeah. could have just that could have been done that role could have been performed by any other actor i think um for a lot cheaper probably and i really you know he was like the least memorable uh, aspect of this movie. This is really they, they're they're shifting the focus primarily on Gerard in this one, mm -hmm. which I love because he, he is just he. Five years later, he has the same mannerisms, the same tics as he did in the first Fugitive, and it's really just a nice extension uh, of that character. Um, and this one has more of kind of like a political thriller vibe, like an international. Uh, incident feel to yeah. it and um, you know I, I think the the film could have benefited from a, a little bit of tightening uh, from the script from the story it really yes. 
tries to be like a ripoff of The Fugitive and mm -hmm. uh, just a, a, a way for Warner Brothers to get richer. And um, it's sad because there was a, a lot of potential here. Yeah. You know, Tommy Lee Jones is carrying this movie all throughout. <laughs> and yes. uh, again, he is the best aspect of the movie. Yeah. Also, I wanted to mention, I have to mention Jerry Goldsmith, uh, one of my all-time favorite composers. He scored uh, U.S. Marshals, which is a pretty decent score. Uh, it's very, it's a typical score of his from the, from his 90s uh, action repertoire, whatever. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. Anyway, um, but yeah, Goldsmith is amazing. And uh, yeah, what did you think of U.S. Marshals Ivy? I, I completely agree with you, Randy. I always feel kind of embarrassed for movies where you can just see what everyone is thinking and making it, it feels like. Like um, the year before, you know, Tommy Lee Jones had done Men in Black. So mm -hmm. it, it feels like they said, oh, Tommy Lee Jones is, can be funny, uh, the funny cop. And let's put him in a, let's make him funny. Let's put him in a chicken costume, you know, and yeah, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> stupid. And, you know, like it was such a, it was an, I, I I really felt like it was like, you know, when you see a little kid who like gets a lot of praise for doing something and so they just keep doing it and doing it, hoping yeah. that they'll get the same level of praise. And it's just, I found it like embarrassing to, to just watch something that was so obviously um, what it was. And with that said, I agree. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I think it's a watchable movie. I think it's a fun movie in a lot of ways i think it's it's a lot better than um a lot of other sequels uh, i also do think think though there are better ones than this i love ambulance so much <laughs> i think it's like a movie like that is such a better version of <laughs> that, that idea it's so much more are you, are you talking about the the eric roberts 1990 thriller no no the um the, I think it's the, the, uh, the Michael Bay, Bay one. With, yeah. yeah. Oh, with, that was um, so bad. The <laughs> it, it is so bad. But I think it's a fun bad. Like this felt <laughs> just like, oh, guys, like really, you know, you're going like, okay, you crashed a train. Now you're going to crash a plane. Like, oh, man. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, he's, he's innocent. You're going to chase. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Although I will defend, there's one, uh, there is one good stunt moment from uh, U.S. Marshals that I always do like, and that's the one where Wesley Snipes basically just has the the Spider Man swing from the rooftop onto the uh, onto the train. Like that's the one stunt that I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. Um, well, he lands yeah. on like the rooftop by the train, yeah. and then he jumps onto a moving train. Yeah, right. Yeah, which I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm cool with that. Um, I mean, which, that was the equivalent of the the dam jump in the first. Yeah, yeah. It's like let's see and, if we and, can top that. <laughs> and I remember even in the trailer, U.S. Marshals, that was the big like ooh right. moment in the um. But I I think the problem is with U.S. Marshals, you're right, it is very watchable. It is the it is the equivalent of you're sitting around, uh, you're scrolling through TV, U.S. Marshals on, you're like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. Right, oh, that's fine. That's a fine. That's fine. Um, but yeah. it's a thing of it's a Clancy thriller, and mm -hmm. this character doesn't work in a Tom Clancy, you know, thing. He's a straightforward. I am here. I'm a cop. 
I'm not yeah. here to like did the CIA do a coup in Cuba that went wrong and the secret agent, man? It's like, all right, no, that the these because the whole point of the future of the relationship between Sam and Kimball is that from the I don't care to crap, I actually have to care about this guy. It's the you're just a person I'm supposed to bring in, now I'm supposed to care about you. So when at the end of Fugitive, when they're in the cop car together, you feel that camaraderie that they finally had. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the end of U.S. Marshals, when you know he's finally, you know, he's like, "Are you going to stop running?" And you don't feel that that bond that they had built together to right. like make that moment of when he's like, "Ah, you were an innocent man the whole time." Feel as good as it did in the fugitive. Well, so there's there's a moment right at the end during the uh, they're doing a press conference mm-hmm. as Wesley Snipes' character has been exonerated, and Wesley Snipes like says this whole thing about like feeling righteous again. And then they're like, Tom, like they asked Tommy Lee Jones's character for a comment. And he says, no comment. And <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that's, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what, how, how does he feel about this movie? How are we supposed to feel about this movie? Yeah, no comment. Yeah. But, but again, the thing is, I still like, and I think the reason why the movie works is because I still like Sam Gerard. I still like Tommy Lee Jones. I still like his crew. I still like all his marshals and I like the yeah. interplay. And so while right. the mystery and all that stuff, is, I like them and yes. they're entertaining. And you know what? I was actually uh, texting uh, with Ivy, I think it was early today or yesterday. And I think that this would have worked like Gerard's team. That would have worked as a great uh, TV series. Yeah. You know, I would totally watch that every week. I actually and- made the the joke to, to Rachel or watching them like, the 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 comeback for Sam Gerard is he needs to team up with uh, Raylan Gibbons from Justified so you can have uh, two U.S. Marshals <laughs> <laughs> together. So that's our thing is have him have him cameo on Justified. Yeah, let's have a mashup. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I also wanted to mention the director of U.S. Marshals is Stuart Baird, who has ed- he's an editor and a filmmaker. He's done a ton of great action movies uh, from the 80s and 90s uh he did a couple of the lethal weapons it looks like die hard 2 the last boy scout uh radio flyer demolition man yada 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 so the man is is definitely qualified to direct a movie of this caliber yeah um, i think the direction's really not the issue it's yeah, the writing yeah. it all comes back to that script yeah it's, <laughs> this is not a character like I said, this is just not a character that works well with a political thriller right and you know what i also wanted to mention uh robert downey jr uh in a role i think he might have this was one of his first roles uh after rehab or right before it's hard to tell but you know he obviously he plays the uh the mole and uh the basically the villain in the film and Mm -hmm. i thought he was fantastic I, i remember seeing this movie in theaters and he was the most memorable uh element for me anyway i'll never forget that that the double cross was really very impactful and yeah. uh just want to say what did you guys think of uh of uh rd rdj <laughs> well yeah, I, yeah. The, oh sorry go ahead ivy okay um yeah i i totally agree i i honestly don't know if i've ever seen robert downey you know, like 
well, he can deliver a bad performance, but I feel like it's always entertaining, even if it's not the best. Um, I feel like he always brings his particular kind of mania that's entertaining to to watch. So I I really enjoyed seeing him in this, and and I definitely um, it it also kind of made me think his role too. I think what didn't work about U.S. Marshals is like in The Fugitive he's running because his wife was murdered like this like double double homicide we don't know who these people are yeah. we don't yeah. know who they are and so like by the time he's introduced it's it's like well thank god he's so entertaining to watch because i you know we don't even know who these people are and um you know when somebody's like beloved wife that he deeply adores is murdered and he it's so the stakes are so different and yeah it's surprising to me too that they took that level of stakes out of u.s marshals and made it into such uh low stakes in terms of emotional things so i'm glad that he at least was was entertaining to watch yeah yeah the stakes are a lot different here and in some ways, it doesn't really feel like a sequel. Uh, it kind of feels like a standalone film, which is yeah. fine. But um, yeah, I was I was just underwhelmed with U.S. Marshals. I was going to say, um, 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 in this one, Downey is one year away from giving one of my favorite performances of his um, in uh, Wonder Boys. Oh, that was actually uh, two two years. Two years. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I was I was looking up, and I know like Wonder Boys was pretty close to when he filmed when he did this. And that, yeah, Eric, that is one of my all-time favorite Michael Douglas movies. It's one of my favorite movies in general. Oh, and, it's, it's great. Yeah, Downey is fantastic. In that. Yeah, he is. Uh, so is Tony McGuire and Francis McDormand, yeah. uh, Rip Torn, everybody involved. Uh, <laughs> and we may have to do an episode uh, on that. We'll, we'll figure that out. But I, I would be fine yeah. with going back and rewatching. Uh, and just right. to echo... Um, I I did enjoy Robert Downey Jr. for the most part in this movie. It's funny because I think he's actually responsible for the best and one of the worst scenes of the movie. So I think for the best scene in the movie, it's probably the conversation between him and Tommy Lee Jones when Tommy Lee Jones is putting together the pieces and kind of putting together the stuff about the gun and everything uh, right towards the end of the movie. And I would say that the worst scene is very shortly after that when he is shot yeah. And has to do a death scene that I think is probably <laughs> one of the lower points. I think of his acting. It's, 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 not, it's not. It's not great. Not on par with his uh, performance well, of Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, his his physicality in that scene is not great. But it's very strange. But yeah. it's some good squib work, I must say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there's a plus. Excellent work by the squib. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, guys. So we have just a minute left. Um, and I'm really glad we got to talk about this. And I'm sure uh, Tommy Lee Jones' ears are ringing right now. So that's <laughs> great. And uh, yeah, uh, if anyone has not seen uh, The Fugitive, please go see it uh, as soon as you can, because it really is an, uh, an exciting action thriller and some of the best acting uh, work from Harrison Ford and definitely Tommy Lee Jones, who won the Oscar again. Yeah, uh, still holds up. Yeah, it really does. 30 years later, it is just, just as exciting as when it was first released. Um, U.S. Marshals, decent film. Check it out if you're a, if you're a Tommy Lee Jones completist or if you're just mildly curious. Um, 
But guys, we only have a little bit. Uh, I just want to go around if there are any plugs. Uh, Rachel, it's been forever. How are the donuts doing? Uh, donuts are great. We've got a new menu coming out here very shortly. Um, if you missed out on our uh, October menu, it was a doozy, but our November menu is also going to be excellent. Um, and we've got some new stuff coming up. Um, you'll want to check the Instagram for the lodge. It's at the lodge, L-O-D-G, donuts. Um, we've got uh, hot cocoa bombs that are coming uh, for the holidays, which we're very excited about. And um, you can check out Dobby on Dobby the House Doggo on Instagram and oh. check out my baking adventures on Second Act Bake Shop. Awesome. Love it. I love it. Uh, Mr. Godfrey, sir, anything for you? Go to the lodge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> All right. Um, Miss Lofberg, how about you? Oh my gosh, I'm so checking out the donuts. I'm so excited <laughs> to hear about that. Um, yeah, you can check out my Instagram. It's I at Ivy Lofberg. I do something called uh, Film Remedy, where I just have a theme for the month. Uh, um, for uh, uh, a, a film theme like October was dancing in the dark and and just films recommended for that so if you're kind of looking for new things to watch um that have different themes for the month um you can go check check that out great great um and as for me you can check out new episodes of under the radar uh from two locations so if you want to hear the audio only that'll be on Sirius XM every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And if you want to catch the video version, that'll be on Manhattan Neighborhood Network, uh, Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. So check that out. And real quick, uh, I mean, tomorrow's Halloween, guys. So real quick, what are your costumes? Are you celebrating, uh, Rachel and Eric? I don't dress up, but uh, I'm just going to watch horror <laughs> movies. Yes, uh, so I participated in the uh, Tompkins Square Park uh, Halloween Dog Parade. Uh, Dobby came, came dressed up as uh, Dobby the House DJ, and I came dressed up as Weird Allen. Um, I was also wearing that at the um, the final girls drag show at Three Dollar Bill uh, Sunday night, which was a lot of fun. All right, very nice, very nice. Yeah, I, I saw the pictures. Looks like you had a, a a real fun time at that parade. So that's awesome. <laughs> uh, Ivy, uh, are you dressing up? I'm almost, uh, for some reason, a last minute dress up person. <laughs> I just had to decide like five minutes before what I'm going to do. Um, and <laughs> these past few years, I've been a, a, a professor cat and it's been getting more elaborate each year. So it's I'm interested to see what it's gonna be this year. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, and as for me, um, I think I'm done dressing up because I spent the entire weekend dressed as a Ghostbuster, uh, went to a Halloween party, Scares for Cares in Long Island, had a great time there. Uh, then yesterday we did a, a slime lab at a school event. It was like a, holiday, a Halloween uh, gathering party for the kids. So my I still have uh, blue on my 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 hands from the, <laughs> the dye, but uh, it's it's all worth it, and uh, yeah, my my fellow New York City Ghostbusters will be at the Village Parade uh, tomorrow night. I will uh, unfortunately not be there, but I'll be there in spirit, and uh, yeah, look for them on the news. It should be exciting, 
And, uh, you know, if you're a Ghostbuster, every day is Halloween. So, so there you go. <laughs> so, uh, Rachel, Eric, Ivy, thank you so much for tonight. You guys are awesome. You're always invited on the show. You know that. And uh, I hope to see all of you very soon. Uh, hopefully for spoons, tunes, and booze. We'll figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Randy Younger. This has been Under the Radar. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. <laughs>